Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 18 of the 2024 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And this week, last week of February, is NFL Combine Week. I think the Combine has always been something that I've really looked forward to. I've been covering the NFL draft for 24 years Put together my first mock draft when I was a student at USC, really tasked with the story to take a look at the USC prospects, who would be taken in that draft, and RJ Sauer, Travis Claridge, Windrell Hayes, Chad Morton, David Gibson, all coming off the board that year. Also put together my first, uh, first round mock draft, and the rest was history. I fell in love with the process, evaluating talent, uh, studying the draft, understanding trends, uh, positional value, studying not only the players, but then also the teams, the team needs, what's the best positional fit for each of these teams, who are the guys that are going to come off the board when, first, second, third day, priority free agents. It's just, it's a lot of fun, and this is just one piece of the puzzle, and I'll tell you what, it's becoming a, a prime time event, I, I think, when I first started taking a look at the, the combine and such. I remember USC's Pro Day um, my last year at, at USC when I watched uh, Travis Claridge run a sub 540, um, watched Chad Morton blaze the, the track there. That was at USC's track where they ran the 40, and then they went out to Howard Jones Field to ultimately do a lot of the drills. And it, it was one of those things to where it was, it was open to the public, and we were able to come out and watch. Got to watch a lot of my friends run. And not as big nearly as it is today. You know, we see that, you know, there are a lot of uh, publications and a lot of, of, of news outlets, you know, broadcasting the, the combine, or I'm sorry, the, the pro days live. But the combine itself is something that really that's kind of taken on a life of its own. And I, I talk about that because this combine is going to start on Thursday, February 29th. It used to be quarterbacks would get the first crack on the field. Really, I think you know, you'd have the running backs and, and offensive linemen, but then you'd also have the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. We're going defense to start. February 29th, we're talking about the defensive linemen and the linebackers. And then on Friday, March 1st, we're going to be seeing the defensive backs and tight ends. Then you get into Saturday, really that prime time coverage of the combine. That's where you're going to get to see the, the, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs. And then finally on Sunday, March 2nd, the big guys in the trenches, the offensive linemen will get to have their day. Uh, I think the, the specialists as well, the kickers, the punters, they'll also get to uh, perform there on that Sunday. So it's kind of flipping things on on its head a little bit, you know. Yet again, with, with looking at the defense first. Now we've got a 320 players who will be working out at the combine, or at least we're invited to the combine. Not everyone's going to work out. I, I think you've already heard that Caleb Williams, the uh, front runner to be the number one overall pick. And the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, they've both decided that they are not going to be working out. They're not going to be throwing out the combine. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. has said, I'm not even working out uh, at all, whether it's at the combine or my pro day. Um, I'm just going to get ready for my rookie season. 
And uh, but again, 320 total players, 146 on defense. That means 168 on offense plus the six on special teams. So what we'll do is is we'll take a look at as many of those 146 defensive players, along with the, some some snubs. Now, I, I think they did a pretty good job inviting a lot of the big players. Uh, in, in the NFL draft, but I think there were some guys that were left out, and we'll cover them as well. So I think really what we got to do is there's a lot to cover in, in a short amount of time, so let's go ahead and jump right into things. And I think really on Thursday, the very first thing that I'm going to be looking forward to is going to be seeing Leatu Latu and Jared Verse. These two guys are the premier edge rushers, along with Dallas Turner, who's going to be working out with the linebackers, by the way. So you're going to see him drop a little bit more into coverage. I think that's a smart strategy. He was actually a, you know, an outside linebacker, edge rusher specialist there for the for, for Bama. So Leatu Latu, he's played with his hand in the, in the dirt. He's played as a stand-up edge rusher, but he's going to be working out there with a defensive, defensive lineman. And, and when I look at a guy like Leatu Latu, he, to me, this guy is the best pure pass rusher in this year's draft hands down 16 sacks 36 hurries but then that win rate come on 26.2 percent win rate for this guy as well he's he's absolutely explosive coming off the edge we're gonna get to see that first step quickness you know you talk about guys running 40 times but look these guys it's that 10 yard split because at the end of the day it's that first 10 yards. You know, he's not having to run a full 40 to get into the quarterback, get into the backfield. But you're going to see some power in his hands. You know, that's one of the things. You're going to see the power. You're going to see his technique. You're going to see his ability to bend. People say that he's not all that bendy. I think you'll see some of that. You'll see the ankle flexion. You'll see his ability to rip coming off the edge. And I love the way that he does this. He'll rip and kind of hug that arm of that offensive lineman. That kind of helps slingshot him around, flattens out, gives him that soft edge and then gets straight to the quarterback in a hurry. To me, Latu, best pass rusher. The biggest thing, though, isn't even going to be his workout. It's going to ultimately be the medicals. Why? Well, I think about a guy like like Miles Jack. You know, when Miles Jack was coming out of UCLA, he was seen as a bona fide top 10 pick. But he had the knee injury that not only, you know, the knee, but then you're talking about degenerative issues with that knee. He fell all the way to the second round. Now, I'm not saying that Layatu Latu is necessarily going to fall all the way to round two, but look, here's the thing. Head and neck injuries are very serious. It's serious enough for him that Washington's uh, doctors ultimately said, you know, Layatu, you know, you, you're retiring. He was able to find an independent doctor. He was able to find, you know, and then UCLA's doctor also cleared him, and he's been injury-free pretty much there in his two years there at UCLA. Uh, so with, with Latu, I think the medicals are going to be huge. When I look at, at uh, teams that are looking for defensive players, you know, there's so many guys on offense, right? The quarterbacks, the receivers, the offensive linemen. I, I think, you know, especially if we end up seeing as many as four or five quarterbacks potentially taken in, the round, in, in round number one, I'm sorry, in the top 10, potentially even. If you're talking about Chicago potentially trading down with somebody who's looking to trade up into that top 10 to get another quarterback, you could see some of these defensive players slide down the board. But I really think it starts at 8 with Atlanta if they don't go quarterback. Then, obviously, the Bears at 9 if they decide that they want to go with an edge rusher uh, you know, to pair with Montez Sweat. After that, then you got the Vikings. What's happening with Daniil Hunter? need to figure out what's going on there show up the you know the, the edge I think the Broncos again what's the deal with Russell Wilson if they decide to go defense 
They need another edge rusher, and I think that's one of the things that uh, that the Broncos could be on the market for. Heck, the Raiders. I know that they just picked up Tyree Wilson, but Max Crosby still needs a running mate. And then, obviously, I don't think he gets past 14 with the Saints. Saints are going to definitely need uh, some pass rush help as well. So if it's not Leatu Latu, then it's definitely Jared Verse uh, putting on the show. Another guy, look, 62, 62 total pressures, much like Latu. Uh, the win rate, you know, 21.8. So it's not quite as high as, as Leatu Latu. But look, here's the thing. You know, we know how explosive he is. This was a guy that was playing on the offensive side of the football at Albany. Uh, COVID hits. He decides he's going to bulk up. Ends up becoming a, a, a beast of a pass rusher there. And then ultimately moves to, to Florida State. Back-to-back years with nine sacks. Um, you know, People were talking about, well, he didn't have the best year in, in 2023. I think that's BS. I think this is a guy that, that continued to show that, that he can win in a lot of ways. Uh, he uses those long arms to his advantage. He's able to, to extend, keep that distance. Uh, you see the, the speed, the power, bull rush, driving guys into the backfield. He's going to work yeah, outside. He's going to come back inside. Does a great job setting the edge against the run as well. I, I look at, at Jared Verse, and you're going to see a guy that is primed and ready to be a starter at the next level. I think he's a little bit more complete maybe than, than Leontu Latu, but you know, where is he going to fit in the in this draft is going to be key. I actually think that Jared Verse, if the Bears decide that they want to get the edge rusher instead of a receiver at 9, if they stay at 9, then I think Jared Verse may very well end up being that guy. After these two, there's still a lot to like at the position. Um, you know, obviously, you look at Darius Robinson and Chop Robinson. They're going to be back to back, and these are two completely different players. But there's a lot to like from both of them. Uh, now, first, I think we have to stick with with Darius Robinson. This was a dude who just put on an absolute show. You know, six four, six five, two hundred ninety pounds. Really burst onto the scene this past year. I think you know we we knew who he was. Uh, prior to this season, but 14 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. Uh, this is a guy that is is has that positional versatility, right? I think he can play, you know, uh, in an even man front, either at the end, you know, um, you know, at, at end, or move in and be a three technique. Uh, I, I think he could also be a five technique as well. And you just you love you love his versatility. You love that for first and foremost. You love the long arms. But this is a guy that was showing quickness. He was beating his own teammate Javon Foster, uh, you know, with quick inside moves, the power in his hands. Another guy that you know the bull rush. I, I think this is just something that is going to be another check mark, right? Check it, check it off the list. That's what scouts are doing at the combine. Is you know, are, are we seeing you know does everything match? What we saw on film, what we saw at the Senior Bowl or the other uh, All-Star games like the East-West Shrine Bowl. And so you look at, at what Darius Robinson has done. I think this will be a, you know, an easy check mark with him. Um, you know, I'll be curious to see how he tests out. want to see some of the lateral agility with him as well, the change of direction, uh, because this is a guy that plays well against the run. Now you got Chop Robinson there out of Penn State. And really, while we're talking about Chop Robinson, we'll also talk about Adisa Isaac, his running mate there with the Nittany Lions. Now, with Chop Robinson, this is a guy that, um, you know, He's, he's a difficult guy to, to evaluate, I think, just from the standpoint of you know production overall. You look at just three sacks this past season, but uh, the win rate at the same time, 20.9% uh, win rate and the explosive first step. 
He is so quick coming off the football. It's absolutely ridiculous. Just put on the game film against Michigan. Uh, you know, just beating Carson Barnhart like a drum. You know, there at uh, at right tackle, and uh, you know, Michigan immediately. I think Shamar Moore and uh, and Jim Harbaugh said, you know what, we've got to go ahead and and move to the run, and that's really what they did for that entire game because they were worried about Chop Robinson coming off the edge. I want to see that explosiveness. I think that explosiveness is ultimately going to get himself drafted. I think, you know, I look at a team like Houston potentially, um, you know, eyeballing him there at 23. Uh, I think they could use an edge rusher. Depending on, on how the workout goes, maybe the Rams could be interested there at 19. I think that's a little bit too high for him. Um, but I, I think Houston, um, you know, I think Arizona could potentially use a, an edge rusher. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of teams as you get into that back half of round one that would definitely be interested in, in Chop Robinson. Now, Adisa Isaac is going to be another guy that you're going to see, you know, the quick, quick first step. You're going to see, you know, the, the explosiveness coming into the backfield. And this was a guy that I thought really came into his own. 6'4", 248. I think there's going to be some questions. Can he potentially be a 34 outside linebacker? I don't know if the the linemen, if they're going to run them through any linebacker drills, I'd like to see if that's possible. You know, um, you know it, that that lateral agility. Want to see how how he moves uh, in space and not just coming after the quarterback. Look, 37 tackles, 16 going for loss, seven and a half sacks this past season. This is a guy that just continues to get better and better each and every year. Um, you know, you, you love the hands. Uh, you know, speed to power is pretty good there as well with with Adisa, and uh, he's a guy that I think you know is going to be on a lot of teams' radars uh, there at the beginning of round two. I've seen some people talk about him potentially coming off the board in round one. I just don't see it. I don't see enough there from Adisa Isaac to say absolutely definitively he's going to be a first rounder. But I, I look at a team like Atlanta. If Atlanta doesn't go edge rusher, like I, I, I firmly believe that they will take a quarterback, and I think it's probably going to end up being, uh, you know, JJ McCarthy, uh, unless they make a deal for Justin Fields. Let's put that caveat in there. But uh, you know, I, I think Atlanta at 43, uh, you know, they should be interested in Adisa Isaac. I think that's definitely a you know a home for him. Uh, if not, then you know I think Buffalo. You know, Buffalo needs to figure out what they want to do. Uh, you know, at, you know, with the edge rush position, but he's not getting out of round two. Um, you know, I think Buffalo there would kind of, you know, if he falls into their lap, then I think that's kind of the move that they end up making. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how he performs um, because I think he's one of those guys stylistically, you know, 34 outside linebacker. You know, he reminds you a little bit of, of Arnold Abichetti. And, uh, you know, again, I think he's just scratching the surface on that potential because he just continues to get better and better. Now, I, I think, the you know, DL1 starting this these drills off will be Austin Booker. Now, Austin Booker is another interesting cat because this is a guy who started his career at Minnesota, played one year there, and uh, six games... You know, not a whole lot of action. Transfers to Kansas as a redshirt sophomore, 56 tackles. Keep that in mind. I mean, that's something that, you know, when you think about uh, about guys, you know, his size, 6'6", 240. These are guys that just want to rush the quarterback, not him. Fourth on the team in tackles, 12 tackles for loss, eight sacks. Uh, you know, and, and the thing with it was, you know, you think, all right, this is a raw, raw dude. And, and yes, there is some development that's needed to his game, especially, you know, the pass rush arsenal, putting the tools to the tool belt there. But 
when you think about you know the, the the speed to power that he showed you know the athleticism you know he was able to beat guys with both speed and power at the senior bowl uh, you know you want to see him in some of the drills look when i talk about tuli tui Pelotu, he was a guy that was one of my favorite edge rushers he was versatile you could line him up you know they were lining up all over the field um, whether it was inside outside it didn't really matter but when you watched him in the drills at the combine he would hit those bags so hard with those hands those are the type of guys that, that really you know it made you stand up and, and take notice and you know he was look he was a second rounder um, and you know I think the sky's the limit for him there in LA with the Chargers now when I look at, at a guy like Austin Booker He's a guy that I think is going to end up being a day two pick. Is he going to be a, a second rounder? I just I, I don't think you know I think he's he's a little green, uh, and so that's why I, I think you know the likelihood of him uh, being around in the, in the third round I think is pretty high. You know I, I had him coming off the board potentially number sixty five to to Carolina, um, but ultimately I've got him coming off the board in my first you know seven round mock draft. 89 overall to Tampa. Tampa could use another edge rusher. Uh, and I think that this could be a guy, you know, you move him to a 34 outside linebacker. He's got tremendous length. You know, I want to see how he moves. Can he move in space? You know, and, and how fluid of an athlete is he? Uh, you know, you see some of that, but, you know, I think really when you get into some of these drills, if you can check that box off, that's really going to help things for him in, in terms of his, his overall draft stock. Now, again, you know, we're covering edge rushers kind of going through this first, and then we'll kind of talk about the defensive tackles after that. I don't think they're going to divide them up, although I know they've done that in the past, edge rushers and, and D linemen. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that again. I'll be curious to see where Brandon Dorless lines up. He's 6'3", 290 out of Oregon. He's a bit of a tweener. He's a guy that, you know, is a is a surefire uh, you know, five technique in my opinion. Could he kick inside and play uh, D tackle in, in an even man front? Sure. But I think for me, when I watch Brandon Dorless, this is a guy that, you know, he continues to get better and better, does a really good job setting the edge. I just, I look at him and uh, that five technique, I look at a team like like Carolina at the top of round three. That's ultimately where I have Brandon Dorless coming off the board. Um, you know, you want to see that athleticism. Look, this guy, he, he played tight end at one point and ultimately moved over to the to the offenses or the defensive side of the football excuse me uh six and a half sack uh tackles for loss five sacks nine pass breakups 14 total pass breakups in his career uh, even knocking down passes there at the senior bowl uh so brandon Dorless will be another guy that i'm looking out for uh, just going to be curious to see which which drill uh, set of drills he's going to be lined up and, and taken on um, but he's a guy that i think everybody should be excited to watch because you know there is that positional versatility coming from Dorless. um I think they're, you know, Jonah Ellis out of Utah. You know, it's going to be interesting to watch him. I'm curious to see what he's going to weigh in at, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, Jonah Ellis, um, look, really burst onto the scene this year. This is his first year where we really saw Jonah Ellis take off, right? I mean, he, he had a show potential in 2022, six tackles for loss, three sacks in 11 games. Uh, 2023 battled some injuries, still ended up with 16 tackles for loss and 12 sacks. The spin move, absolutely money. That's one of the that you know, and I think his dad Luther Ellis is on the record saying, look, you know, his you know, 
he told his son that he was going to need that, that go-to move, his signature move, and it's that spin move, man. He's got that thing down. You know, you watch that UCLA game, five tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. He could not be blocked. You know, had a had a four-game stretch there, including that one, where he had, uh, what, three, five, eight sacks. Eight sacks in a four-game span against UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and USC. I mean, that's, you know, th- those are our four teams that were solid there in the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, Jonah Ellis just carving up those those uh those offensive lines uh, you know the athleticism I think is going to absolutely be there uh, you know and it'll be good to see just what that athleticism looks like out there on the field Justin Aboigby out of Alabama this is a guy that I think could end up being a, a late day two or early day three guy he reminds me a lot of Byron Young also coming out of Alabama, um, you know, and look, Byron Young was able to kick inside to defensive tackle. I think a Boyby could easily be a, a five technique as well. You know, if you get a team like the Ra- uh, the Ravens get their hands on him, um, I-, I think that's a, a you know a, a good look. Um, you know, with the Boyby, look, you know, he's 6'5", 290, 295, um, You know, moves well. Uh, for a guy his size, it's a good job setting the edge. Can get get after the quarterback a little bit, plays the run really well. Uh, so he'll be an interesting guy to watch. Uh, Marshawn Nealon and Cedric Johnson, Western Michigan and Mississippi, respectively. Now with Marshawn Nealon, this dude is all about the power, right? And I think that's one of the things that really jumped off was you saw the power, you saw the strength, you saw his ability. He wanted to beat up offensive linemen. 6'3", 235 there, and uh, you know and. Kalamazoo, he was a guy, look, 28 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks in his career, uh, 57 tackles this past season as well. So he was among the, the team leaders in, in total tackles. This dude is intense and, and he wants to make you pay. So I'm just curious, you know, you know to see the, the athleticism. You put him against some of these other guys, you know, as you're watching him out there on the field, just how athletic is he going to be? And why I mentioned, uh, you know, Cedric Johnson, this is a guy that, uh, you know, has has all the talent, right? You know, he's, you know, what, 6'3", 240, 250, uh, 19, tackle, uh, 19 sacks, 22 tackles for loss. But, you know, I, I think there's there's some concern about his, his bendiness. He's not overly bendy. He's a guy that's going to uh, do well against the run. How, how effective he's go- is he going to be against the pass on a consistent basis? Can he consistently win off the edge? That's going to be a guy that I'm going to be uh, going to be keeping an eye on for sure. Uh, but I'd be remiss, you know, and I haven't talked to about him to this point. But one of my favorite edge rushers is Braylon Trice out of Washington. Good Lord, 80 total pressures, including 53 hurries. When you think about that, I mean, that's that's mind-boggling what this guy has been able to do. Um, only eight sacks with that, but here's the thing. He doesn't always have to get home. His motor is always running, and look, you don't always have to get home. A lot of times those pressures end up leading to big plays and uh, you know for the defensive side of the ball and number eight lived in opposing backfields non-stop you saw the hands you saw his ability to bend I think he's a lot you know uh, he's not as bendy as some of these other pass rushers and that's ultimately why I think he ends up falling to round two I would love to see him come off the board in round one I actually had him coming off the board in round one if he can showcase a little bit more athleticism right now I've got him you know 36 overall to the commanders but man, if he could show that ability to bend, uh, you know, in addition to the power, in addition to using those hands, you know, and you know, frankly, you know, 
show us a little bit more than just you know always attacking that outside. You know he's going to attack the outside. He's going to move his hands back to the inside, but you know adding a little bit more to that pass rush repertoire. Um, you know want to see what the the hands look like as well. But uh, I think Braylon Trice to me is is a guy that is one of those tweeners, and I think he's a guy that uh, you know will be a good to leave the, the edge rushers on. Um, you know, two other guys that I want to throw out, Javon Solomon of Troy, Xavier Thomas of Clemson. Uh, Javon Solomon is a top-notch edge rusher out of Troy. Now, when you think of Troy edge rushers, the first name that you think of is obviously DeMarcus Ware. Now, Javon Solomon is not DeMarcus Ware in the slightest. You won't confuse the two of them because Javon Solomon, he's 6'2", 246. He's a little bit undersized playing that that linebacker D-end position there, but had two seasons with double-digit sacks, 16 this past season, 18 tackles for loss. This dude knows how to get home. The speed coming off the edge, uh, so that's something that you're definitely going to be watching out for is that speed uh, and his ability to bend, get off the edge. That's a guy to me that, look, you know, probably that fourth, fifth round range because I think, you know, can he drop? I would have loved to have actually seen him line up with the linebackers, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think he's a dude that, that is going to have a day there at the combine. And then Xavier Thomas, look, 6'2", 270. This guy's battled injuries. You know, I mean, he got hurt. Uh, you know, in 2022, you know, I think there were injuries throughout his career. You know, can he stay healthy? When healthy, look, this guy did rack up 18 tackles for loss, 33, uh, I'm sorry, 33 tackles for loss, 18 sacks, seven pass breakups, six forced fumbles in his six seasons there at Clemson. But, you know, look, you know, played in five games in 2020. That's not just due to COVID. Uh, played in just three games in 2022. Uh, you know, struggled to finish an entire season and when healthy this guy is explosive it's just a matter of keeping him on the field and so I think the medicals are going to be huge for him uh, in terms of where his draft stock is going to be so I think as we transition from the edge rushers we, we look at the defensive linemen and obviously the eyes are going to go to Byron Murphy the second and Jerzon Johnny Newton of Illinois now who's going to be DT1 in this draft class. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's really you know, what you're looking for with this. And I think when you look at a guy like Johnny Newton, what you're getting is an undersized uh, you know, three technique, 6'2", 280 pounds, uh, 27.5 tackles for loss, 18 sacks, including 7.5 this past season. This is a guy who is so quick coming off the football. I mean, he just makes guys look silly uh, with his ability to, to shoot those gaps and get into the backfield and uh, and get after the quarterback. Now, look, you know, he's, he's not just a one-trick pony. He can also play the, the run. Um, he is a little undersized, but look, here's another guy who was undersized. You know, he's 6'2 and, and 280 pounds. I think of a guy like Kalijah Kansi. Kalijah Kansi at 6'2, 275, um, number 19 overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? So in his three seasons, 34 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks, uh, had seven and a half sacks in his final year. And then, look, when Kalijah Kansi showed up at the Combine, I think a lot of people were curious to see just how quick he was going to be. And I think what really did it for everyone was that 40 time. 4 6 7 40, 1, 6, 4, 10 yard split. At six, he actually was 6'1", uh, so he was measured in a little bit a little bit taller there, and, and 281 pounds. Jerzon Newton, look, if, if Johnny can run in that same range, 
then we're looking at a guy who is going to come off the board somewhere close to that 19 overall. And I think, you know, when you when I look at what Kansi's been able to do there at Tampa, I look at Arizona sitting there at 27. I think that's ultimately where Johnny Newton ends up coming off the board. Now, Byron Murphy the second. This is a guy that is should very well end up being DT1. And that's kind of where I have him slated as of right now. Uh, this is a guy, uh, you look at the win rate. The win rate is absolutely insane. 19.6% at the D, D tackle spot. Uh, when you look at total pressures, 45 uh, total pressures. This is a guy that was living in the backfield. You know, you saw the quickness, uh, his ability to beat guys off the line with, with the quickness, uh, but also the lateral agility, chasing down running backs, being able to, you know, Use that that you know stack shed come down the line, fill gaps and make plays on on the running back uh, right around the line of scrimmage. To me, I think Byron Murphy's a guy that uh, people have him going as high as uh, as 11 to the Vikings. Um, I've seen people put him as low as uh, as Buffalo at, at 28. Ultimately, I've got him going somewhere in between there. I've got him actually coming off the board number 16 overall to Seattle. I think you know you line him up again. You know you can play him at at a at a multitude of positions. If you got you know even man odd man front, I think he's scheme versatile, and uh, I think Seattle will be getting a, a guy that could be a playmaker for them. Uh, you know on the the interior of that that uh, defensive line for them. So beyond him though, or th- those two guys. There's a guy by the name of Devondre Sweat. Now, Devondre Sweat did not weigh in at the Senior Bowl. So, you know, obviously there's a question about his his weight. How much is he, you know, he's measured in, um, you know, officially in the, in the, well, it's not really official, but in, in the books, it's 6'4", 340. And so, you, you but you look at his stats, 17 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks uh, in his career. But look, you know, when you think about him and you think about like his win rate, you know, when, when you talk about a guy like Devondre Sweat, a big man like that, 26 pressures, 15.3% win rate as a, a giant sized nose tackle, right? Um, you know, you see tremendous powers, ability to hold the point of attack, takes up, eats up blocks. I mean, I, I think he was a guy that was probably uh, Jalen Ford, the linebacker's favorite guy on defense because all he would do is just take up blockers left and right. But the the quickness coming off the ball to be able to pursue the quarterback and then his ability to chase running backs down the line, that was something that just seemed to pop off every chance that, you know, that 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 he had. It always seemed like you saw Devondre Sweat making plays. And so I think of guys his size. There are three guys that I'm going to talk about here. And the first one's going to be Dontari Poe. Dontari Poe measured in at six, you know, 6'3", 342 pounds. And uh, you know, he came out, ultimately was the 11th overall pick in the 2012 draft. Okay, So when you think about this guy and you think about you know, the, the combine. Combine, he shows up. He actually measures in at 6'3", and a half at 346. So... Uh, but runs a 4.9840 with a 1.6710 yard split, and, and that athlete, freakish athleticism ultimately gets him drafted number 12 overall. Next guy that we're going to talk about is the mammoth Tampa Bay Buccaneer Vita Vea. 
Now, Vita Vea, you know, they, they had him at 6'4 and 347. Sounds pretty close to where we had Devondre Sweat, right? So, Vita Vea, 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks in his three years there at Washington. Then he shows up at the Combine, 6'4, 347, 51040, um, and a 176 10 yard split. Ends up getting drafted number 12 overall. Finally, we're going to talk about Jordan Davis. Now, Jordan Davis, obviously, we know athletic freak, right? They're out of, out of Georgia. So, written down 6'6", 336. Okay? So, then he shows up. Uh, well, first, the stats. Uh, 12 and a half tackles for loss, 7 sacks in his career. But, you know, it wasn't just that. It was, you know, the, the presence that he had. 6'6", 341. At 47840, which is just nasty with the 163 10 yard split, 32 inch vertical leap. And oh, yeah, where did Jordan Davis get drafted? Number 13 overall. So I say that because Tavondre Sweat, you see some twitchiness to him. You see his ability to move. And I, I think if he's anywhere close to where these guys are producing, nobody's really talking about Tavondre Sweat as a first round pick. And everybody has those other two guys as one and two definitively. But if Devondre Sweat could do what he, what these other guys have done before him, he stands a good chance of seeing that stock rise exponentially. And then suddenly people are going to be talking about Devondre Sweat as a guy that, oh man, we had him uh, you know, in the first round from day one. No, there aren't too many people talking about it. But look, you know, it's all, to me, I, I think this is what's going to tip the scale for him. Right now I have him as a, a second rounder. With the caveat that, you know, because look, we want to know what he's weighing. You know, we want to know if weight is going to be an issue. But then we also want to see the movement. Just how quick is this dude? You watch him in the drills. I think he's going to show you why. Um, you know, other guys that we're going to see, uh, you know, Leonard Taylor. You know, I'm going to be curious to see if Leonard Taylor is going to work out. You know, Leonard Taylor is... Um, has battled some injuries there at Miami. When healthy, this guy is so explosive. 6'3", 305, uh, 22 and a half tackles for loss. Really his best year was his sophomore season. 10 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. Had an interception as well. Um, Want to see if, if he's healthy. If he is, then he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, Mason Smith out of LSU. Everyone talked about Mason Smith. And... Rightfully so, after that freshman season. Freshman freshman year, look, at 6'6", 292. This guy was was putting up, uh, you know, five tackles for loss, four sacks in just seven games there in 2021. Um, impressive. Impressive stuff. Um, so everyone was expecting him in 2022 to be, hey, that's, that's going to be your top defensive tackle. Um, played in one game tears his ACL and I thought 2023 you know he was kind of forcing it trying to get back showed some flashes but never really returned to that level I think there's a team that could end up getting a steal here I, I think really the biggest thing is is what is he going to come in at you know is he going to what you know the, the weight is he going to come in and look the part and work out like a guy who should be taken on day two. This is the guy that everyone was talking about as a potential first rounder. Um, I think there's still some some of that chatter. I think he can fall all the way to day three. You know, I think it's that's a big question mark there. And ultimately, I think with Mason Smith, this is a guy that you have to kind of put that you know draw that circle around. And uh, as he works out there, 
can he showcase that athleticism? If he can, then I think people are going to go back to the tape again and say, you know what, maybe, maybe we ought to take one more look at this guy. Uh, Michael Hall Jr. out of Ohio State is a guy, look, you know, I, I think there are other guys at the defensive end position or defensive tackle position that are getting more love, you know, Chris Jenkins being one of them. And I think Chris Jenkins is a, a, a nice player. He's 6'3", 275. Um, I, I think, you know, I look at Green Bay, play him at that five technique. Um, I, I, you know, hey, play him. You know, he can play inside or outside, you know, inside on an on even man front. Um, you know, the production just wasn't quite there. Eight and a half tackles for loss, four sacks in his career. But you see the athleticism. You see the potential that's there. He's definitely going to be a second-round pick. Like I said, Green Bay is probably going to uh, be targeting him. But uh, you know, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. But Michael Hall Jr. undersized, and I think that's one of the things that the undersized D tackles a lot of times will get overlooked. But look, you know, I think you know, is he six three? I think they, you know he shows they show him at six three. I think he's probably going to be about six one um, and two hundred ninety pounds, but so explosive. I think that's one of the things that you saw jump off the film. Uh, seven and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. Uh, you know, this past season, uh, not nearly as productive, but this is still a guy who is one of the better pass rushers at that defensive end position in in the draft. And uh, 18.3% win rate. That's just one, what, a, a little over, just under one and a half percentage points different from Byron Murphy. So Michael Hall Jr. is a guy that should be coming off the board in round number two. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the athleticism there. Uh, you know, Brandon Fisk out of Florida State, Gabe Hall out of Baylor. Gabe Hall, look, nobody was really talking about this guy. Um, you know, in terms of, of what he could do, you saw him at the Senior Bowl. He really uh, came on and, and showcased that ability. 6'5", 290, I think there's some scheme versatility to him as well. Um, you know, 16 and a half tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. He was a guy that really uh, burst onto the scene for me. 2021, seven tackles for loss, five sacks. That's really where I started to take notice and watch him. He's a guy that could end up being a, a late day two guy and be a big, big surprise. Um, and then Braden Fisk, another guy that I think, you know, disrespected in a way because people aren't as, you know, talking about him nearly as much as they probably should. 6'3", 300, um, you know, at, at 13 and a half sacks, 27 tackles for loss at Western Michigan, shows up at Florida State, nine tackles for loss, six sacks. You saw the motor. Uh, this was a guy that you know was always looking to it was play play with his hair on fire. He was always getting into the backfield, creating a lot of havoc, uh, you know, a lot of pressure. So I, I think he's a guy that is looking to you know put his stamp on day two. And then how about Dwayne Carter? Dwayne Carter is a dude that I think everybody on social media is posting about Dwayne Carter and what he did at Florida State. Um, I think. Maurice Smith, that was the center, um, but at 6'3", 300, just bowls him over en route to Jordan Travis and, and the power that, that, that this man displays, the power, the leverage, the hands, um, had 11 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks in 2022, was building on every single year. 2023, look, three and a half tackles for loss, just one sack. 
So I, I think if you're just hunting the stats, you're going to look at that and say, uh, you know, not really something that I, I can get excited about, right? Wrong. He's a guy that can push the pocket from within. Um, he's he's a stalwart there against the run, and uh, I think he's improving as a as a pass rusher and, and continuing to to get after the quarterback. He's a guy I think if he works out well, he'll be a guy who's, who's going to see his his draft stock continue to rise and solidify his status as a day two pick. Um, you know other guys in this group to look at uh, McKinley Jackson of, of Texas A&M 6'2", 325 pounds plays with really good leverage at the nose tackle spot one edge rusher that I forgot to talk about was Muhammad Kamara and how could I do that um, this guy was one of my favorite guys to watch there at Colorado State um, really burst onto the scene there uh, against Colorado and when he went out of the game um, ultimately you know, that was kind of the beginning of the end for the Rams because they couldn't quite put the same pressure that he was. I mean, it seemed like he was in the backfield just left and right. Five uh, total tackles, two uh, two sacks in that game. Had three sacks against Utah State. Um, 6'3", 245, 13 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and a guy that's just going to continue to come at you. You know, he's going to come at you with speed. He's going to come at you with intensity. And uh, a guy, look, 19.4% uh, win rate as well. Uh, so he's a guy that's going to continue to to bend off that edge. Want to see that athleticism on display. Um, I, I think he'll be an early day three pick, but a guy that could slide into that day two consideration depending on how that workout pans out. Um, one final guy is Ruko Aroro. I think he's flying under some people's radar. Um, a, a guy that I think can get after the pass. He can also set, you know, set the edge against the run. I, I think he's one of those guys that was never very flashy. So I don't think he he jumps off and you know and, and gets everyone excited. Uh, but he's just a guy that's been solid there, and I think that's something that uh, teams are going to be looking for for sure. Uh, some guys to to make mention of that were that won't be invited to the combine. Uh, Christian Boyd out of Northern or Northern Iowa, and look, the UNI guy, man, you watched about the Senior Bowl, and he proved that he belongs. So nasty, so physical. Uh, the mean streak was definitely there. You saw the speed to power, just driving guys into the backfield. I for sure thought that that Senior Bowl performance, if nothing else, would have gotten in there to uh, to the combine. Evan Anderson out of Florida Atlantic, another guy who's just a mammoth of a man. I mean, Evan Anderson seemed to be around the football all the time there for the Owls. Uh, anyway, 6'3", 356 pounds. He's huge, but 58 tackles, 5.5 going for loss, 3.5 sacks. And when you think about this, you, know, you, you think about a guy his size, you think about uh, you know, just how many, you know, when you how many tackles did this guy have? Again, 58, that's fifth on the team in total tackles, your nose tackle. I think he's a guy that you know is going to surprise. We're going to see him rise up draft boards. Jawan Briggs, kind of an undersized three technique. Tuli uh, Latuli Nasanoa out of Washington, um, you know a guy that's physical at the point of attack. Uh, and then Jamri Chroma, and this is a guy who started his career at Rutgers, moved on to James Madison, 6'4", 275. Uh, he's probably the Duke's best uh, pro prospect. 19 and a half tackles for loss and, and 10 sacks with 59 tackles. And yet again, another guy at that defensive line spot. Look, he was the third leading tackler on the team. Um, I think he, he comes off the board in round number seven. I think a team like the 49ers would be a nice fit for him. Um, he's one of those guys that I think is you know could end up making a team um, 
because I, I love the athleticism. I love you know the size. Um, I said the 49ers. You know, because that length, that size makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I think Carolina, I think the Ravens, there are a lot of different teams that can end up liking, you know, this guy there, uh, you know, potentially as as a five technique. I actually have him coming off the board, number 245 overall to Houston. Put him there in an offense. He's one of those bigger D linemen. Either end or tackle with uh, D'Amico Ryans. I said 49ers. But all of that started with D'Amico Ryans, right? So I think that's where it makes a lot of sense. 245 overall. Keep an eye out for Jamari Coma on draft day. Which takes us to the linebackers. So the linebackers, we have a total of 30. And if we talk about, you know, looking at how many linebackers are, are drafted every year, you're looking at about 28. And uh, over the last three years, um, that's the average. So I think the premier linebacker is going to be Dallas Turner, right? Dallas Turner, um, I think everybody was wanting to see, it was just a fluke, what he was able to do there at Alabama with Will Anderson opposite him. No problem, right? 55 total pressures, 11 sacks, 19.6% win rate. And again, all these stats that I've been, been throwing at you, all courtesy of Pro Football Focus. I need to quote, quote the source. Thank you, Pro Football Focus, for all of the all the stats uh, you know the website, you know, phenomenal with, with gathering all of the data, and uh, but Dallas Turner, look, you know, this is a guy, uh, the speed coming off the edge. I love that how he uses his length. He's 6'4", 245. Love how he uses his length to his advantage to set the edge against the run as well. Um, he's going to be working some linebacker drills. Didn't wasn't asked to drop a lot. He and Chris Braswell, those will be guys that I'll be watching uh, drop quite a bit. I'll be looking to see exactly how he can perform there in some of those drills. Uh, speaking of, of Chris Braswell, he's going to be a guy that I think will come off the board on day two. He's physical at the point of attack. Good get off coming off the football and uh, a guy that can make some plays against the run. Um, just want to see just exactly how athletic Braswell is going to be. Um, you know, when you look at him, 6'3", 255, uh, you know, really it's just going to be about, you know, just how, you know, the movement skills, you know, the ability to to change direction as well. Uh, you know, how well can he drop into coverage? Those are going to be things that teams are going to be looking for for sure from him. Um, but I think when you look at linebackers beyond Dallas Turner, there are two other, three other guys that I think could end up coming off the board in round number two. Uh, Edrian Cooper uh, of Texas A&M, Jer- Jeremiah Trotter of Clemson, Trevin Wallace of Kentucky. Now, Edrian Cooper is one of those interesting guys, right? I mean, burst onto the scene this year, 10 sacks. Uh, you saw the instincts, his ability to to come downhill in a hurry, the sideline to sideline ability. Uh, you know, he he reads and reacts so quickly, and then makes such a quick break on the football that. You know, the offensive linemen oftentimes don't even have a chance uh, to put a body on, on 45. Uh, you know, first team All-American, uh, 17 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 84 total tackles. This is a guy that was all over the place. You know, the Steelers really like him. Could he come off the board in round one? Um, no, I think really, I think the thing for me is, is can he drop into coverage? I think that's going to be the biggest thing. We know that he can, he can rush the passer. We know that he has a sideline and sideline ability. We know he can come downhill and shoot the gaps phenomenally well. Um, I actually have him coming off the board in the second round, number 51 overall, to the Steelers, but he could very well come off the board in round number one. 
Um, you know, I just I love that athleticism. And speaking of athleticism, yes, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, the son uh, of, of the namesake, uh, you know, who was just uh, one of those dogs there for, for the Eagles for, for so long. Uh, such a tremendous, tremendous player. Um, and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the, the son, I mean, man, uh, 29 and a half tackles for loss, 13 sacks, 10 pass breakups, four interceptions, uh, back-to-back seasons with, with at least you know 85 tackles. And here's the thing. He can drop into coverage. He has that sideline-to-sideline ability. He can get after the quarterback as well. Um, you know, he feels like a little bit more of a, a polished linebacker than does Edger and Cooper. The difference, Edger and Cooper, I think, is a little bit bigger. So I'll be curious to see the measurables. Jeremiah Trotter, they have him at 6'1". Is he really 6'1"? He might come in at around 5'11"-ish. Um, but again, there are a lot of players that, you know, that 5'11 doesn't mean squat. You know, there are a lot, a lot of guys, look, Zach Thomas entered the league, and uh, you know, he was the president of, of that under, uh, under six-foot club, right? So it's something that is going to be interesting as, as we watch this. But Jeremiah Trotter, to me, is about as polished as you get. He's one of those guys that flashed, especially at the end of the season there for Clemson uh, defensively a season ago. Um, and then the last linebacker that I mentioned is Trevin Wallace. Now, with Trevin Wallace, this is a guy that, again, speed kills. And when I watch Trevin Wallace um, you know, at 6'2", 220, I think is what they have him listed at, uh, I'll be curious to see exactly you know, what the measurements are going to be there uh, because he's obviously going to get compared to Jamin Davis. Now, is he going to be a first-rounder? I saw some people throwing that around potentially. I don't see that happening. uh, Jamin Davis at 6'3", 234. um, Pick number 19 overall in the 2021 draft. Um, But I I think one of the big things for him was at the combine at 6'3", and 234, ran a 4'4", with a 1'5", split. Is Wallace going to run sub 4-5? I don't think so, but I think he has the ability to run in the 4-5s. That's going to turn some heads. I think that's ultimately get himself drafted there on day two. My favorite linebacker, none other than Peyton, Peyton Wilson. The biggest issue with Peyton Wilson, I think if it hadn't been for the injuries, I'd have him in the first round. And I still want to put him in round number two. But the biggest thing is, is those medicals. He's got the shoulder. He's got, you know, knee injury. And, uh, you know, really, what, what's, what, what are those medicals going to look like? Because at 6'4 and 235 pounds, Peyton Wilson is a heat-seeking missile. He lines up all over the field. And, uh, again, I, I liken him to, to Jack Campbell from a season ago. You know, it, it just it feels so similar when you look at at what Jack Campbell was able to do there at Iowa. So let's compare something. Let's, let's do this a little bit. Compare the stats. Compare the size. Jack Campbell, 6'5", 243. Peyton Wilson, 6'4", 235. Okay. Jack Campbell, essentially two years on the field there at Iowa, 2021 and 2022, where he made a, a big impact and only played seven games prior to that. Um, but ends up, ends his career with... 302 tackles, 12 and a half going for loss, three sacks, five interceptions, 10 bat pass breakups, able you know showcases ability to make plays sideline to sideline. The instincts 
were off the charts and then the ability to drop into coverage uh, that was something that definitely jumped off as well so then you look at a guy like Peyton Wilson so this was a guy you know he's played in some additional games in 2021 only played in just the two games but 402 tackles in his four years where he really saw significant action uh, you know, 48 tackles for loss 15 sacks seven interceptions including three this past season 13 pass breakups sounds very similar doesn't it now the only difference is, is Jack Campbell that, that was a guy that, that stayed stayed healthy and didn't have the injury issues but moreover what, what Jack Campbell did at the combine really solidified his status so at just under 6'5", 249 pounds, with a 46540 and a 153- or I'm sorry, 159-10-yard split. Also runs that short shuttle, 424, three cone drill at a 674, which I mean he, he was running times that the running backs and receivers would be proud of. 37 and a half inch vertical leap, and Dan Campbell, he was looking for a particular guy on the defensive side of the football, and he found it there in Jack Campbell. Peyton Wilson's going to be a guy that I think teams may pass on and wait until round number three. But look, Fred Warner, one of the better linebackers that we've seen in, you know, in the last few seasons uh, in the league, Fred Warner was a, was a third-round pick. And let's let's take a look you know, real quick at what Fred Warner did at the combine. Because, yes... You know, 6'3", 230 pounds, and uh, third round, 70th overall pick there for the 49ers. And uh, I think teams, you know, regret the decision because, look, you, know, you look at it overall, 264 tackles for the Cougars. They're BYU. Uh, six and a half sacks, seven interceptions. Uh, you know, so making plays on the football, a guy that knows how to, how to bring it, um, against both the run and the pass at 6-3-236 runs a 4-6-4-40 with a 1-5-5 10-yard split 4-2-8 short shuttle 6-9-0 3 cone drill and a 38 and a half inch vertical leap he ultimately comes off the board in round number 3 and is one of the best linebackers in all of college football so I'm just saying if those medicals check out for Peyton Wilson with there are no degenerative issues with the knee shoulder is going to be okay when this guy's healthy, that dude is money. I'm telling you. So he's a guy I'm looking, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he stays healthy throughout the process, can run all the drills, and he's a guy that I think could easily be a first-round pick, uh, you know, had it not been for the injuries. Some other linebackers to really make mention of, Tyrus Knight out of UTEP. This is a dude, 140 tackles this past season. And, and I, I think you're going to see some fluidity to his game. He's a guy that can absolutely drop into coverage, does a great job reading the quarterback's eyes um, and, and the change of direction. Uses those eyes to take him to the football, makes a play on it. Uh, 15 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks this past season, seven pass breakups as well. Um, sideline to sideline ability. You saw the instincts though. His ability to slip blocks, uh, beating you know the pulling guard, shooting those some of those holes, getting into the backfield, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. A guy that, look, he'll fill the hole and come with, with some, some mean intentions as well. Uh, he's a guy, look, I've got him penciled in in, in round number four. And uh, if he you know makes a splash here at the combine, you know teams will, will chase that at speed at times. And so he's a guy that I think can end up coming off the board maybe a little bit higher. But look, 
again, all that offensive talent, because we know the wide receivers are going to be loaded. We know the offensive line is going to be loaded. And what's happening at the top of that draft with all those quarterbacks potentially coming off the board, defensive players could end up sliding. So I think linebacker is going to be a position that you know, teams will be looking to, to jump on. About you know you go to the Big Ten and you look at Junior Colson, Tommy Eichenberg. Tommy Eichenberg is a middle linebacker, and, and he's a he's a dude that's gonna you know he can he can move sideline to sideline. I think what he needs to do is be able to show everyone that he has that that uh, that ability to play sideline to sideline. That he's not just a, a two down thumper coming downhill. Um, you know he he can blitz a little bit. Can you drop into coverage? How are those hips? Are there stiffness in those hips? That's going to be a big question mark. Junior Colson's a bigger linebacker there at Michigan and uh, want to see just how fluid of an athlete he is. Um, you know, I think he's been able to showcase as well that you know he can get outside, uh, make plays on the boundary, um, can drop into coverage a little bit. Jalen Ford out of Texas. I mentioned him earlier. And you know, Jalen Ford, I, I, you know, I, I watch him. He just he makes plays. But he's not not the best athlete, I don't think. 6'2", 221, back-to-back seasons, over 100, 100 tackles, uh, double-digit tackles for loss, uh, six interceptions. So you know you see the instincts, you see his ability to put himself in a play, you know, in a position to make a play on the football, whether it's in the running game or dropping into coverage. I just want to see you know the you know, if there's any athleticism there, uh, you know, if he has any chance to be one of those in that first group of linebackers coming off the board, that's going to be a big question mark for me. Um, you know, Tyron Hopper out of, out of Missouri. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to work out at the Combine, but this is a guy who has tremendous athleticism. I look at him as a, a fifth-round linebacker. Look, Greg Greenlaw was a fifth-round linebacker. I have him going to Tennessee. I thought that was a great fit for him. 6'2", around 230 pounds, uh, 29 tackles for loss, 8.5 sacks nine pass breakups you know he, he's a three down linebacker that's the thing that i like about him I, I think he has the has the range takes excellent angles he's a guy to you know that i'm excited to uh to see at the next level how about cedric gray out of north carolina another dude that just comes with bad intentions i saw some film of him online and just just running guys over um it was it was pretty funny i mean he just knocked the heck out of this guy uh, another guy at 6'2", 225, uh, had 145 tackles in 2022, followed up with 121 back-to-back seasons, double-digit tackles for loss, five sacks this past season, 13 pass breakups, five forced fumbles. Guy's got a nose for the football, and you know he's instinctive. He plays sideline to sideline. He's that, that off-ball linebacker that does a little bit of everything for you. I've got him coming off the board right now in round number three. Uh, again, it was just you know all the offensive talent uh, that pushes some of the defensive players down on the board. He's the guy that I think could end up coming off the board in round number two. Uh, I mentioned Peyton Wilson. I've got him coming off the board in round three to the Seahawks. Really don't know what the Seahawks are going to do at linebacker. Is, is Bobby Wilson coming? Uh, I'm sorry, Bobby Wagner coming back? Is uh, you know, Jordan Brooks coming back? We really don't know. So that's why I have him going there. And then 87 overall, Dallas Cowboys need a linebacker. Cedric Gray, I think, would look great with that star on his helmet. Uh, so I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, day three finds. How about a John Trey Hunter out of Georgia State? Converted safety. I think he's up to 240 pounds now. Um, but you watch his speed. His ability to get outside, chase all the way to the perimeter. You saw that at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, He's a guy, I think the speed is what's ultimately going to 
turn people's heads and people are going to look at John Trey Hunter and say, you know what, this is a guy that we need to take another look at there. You know, look, Georgia State, you know, the Panthers, not getting a, you know, a ton of a ton of looks there. But, man, when, when you come out at linebacker, uh, you know, 96 tackles, seven going for loss, four pass breakups in, in that final year, uh, you know, he, he struggled a bit to, to stay on the field. Um, but these last two years, you know, I think really, you know, became the focal point of that defense there. Uh, Jordan McGee out of Temple. Jordan McGee is a guy that nobody, and I swear nobody is talking about this guy. Um, but he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. Uh, he can drop into coverage. He's a guy that uh, has tremendous range. Uh, I just think that he's a guy that is going to end up being one of those day three picks. And we're going to be looking at it going, you know, why weren't we talking about Jordan McGee sooner? Um, so he'll be a guy that, that's going to be interesting to watch. Gabriel Murphy out of UCLA. Edge rusher. Put him through the, the linebacker drills. Let's see what he can do. Um, you know, it's interesting. They've got, you know, Grayson Murphy, you know, Latu, a little bit bigger. Grayson Murphy at 6'2", 235. You know, look, he, he is, he's smaller. Um, and you look at him. And, uh, you know, pretty, you know, pretty solid career overall. But really what it was, was that, that, that senior season that really put him on the map, right? Um, had eight sacks, 16 tackles for loss. Um, you know, really after that a 2021 season there at North Texas, where he really put himself on the map, he and his brother Grayson. By the way, you know, one of the snubs, can we talk about Grayson real quick? Because Grayson, look, when you look at his numbers in terms of his sacks while at UCLA, you know, th they're not too far off. You know, in fact, he actually had more sacks than his brother. Uh, they're about the same size. Uh, when you look at just you know, productivity overall, these are two guys that were very similar and, uh, you know, I think Grayson Murphy is going to end up finding himself not only on a, on a roster, I think he's going to get himself drafted. Uh, but with Grayson, Grayson Murphy, I think, you know, that could he be a third rounder? Maybe. But I think, you know, likely it's going to be fourth, fifth round range um, is really what makes sense. I think his brother is going to come probably a round or two after that. Um, but uh, I think the Murphy family is going to be happy on, uh, on, on draft day. Uh, Nathaniel Watson of Mississippi State. He lacks overall length and he lacks speed. So that could be a huge issue, right? He's 6'2", 245. But here's the thing. I watched this guy play with Jet Johnson behind uh, Jaden Crumity and uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, Nathan Pickering. Two D tackles that, look, they, they ate up blocks and allowed these guys to eat behind them. And you know those are two guys that I think could end up on NFL rosters. They'll be you know either day you know late day three priority free agents, but you know a couple of of the tackles that you could see at the next level for sure. But uh, all Watson did last two seasons with the Bulldogs, 250 tackles, 250. Now obviously when you think about it in, in 2023. 102 of his 137 tackles were assisted. Only 35 solo tackles. So, you know, he may get a knock for that. But then you're going to look at, okay, well, in those two seasons, 25 tackles for loss, 16 sacks, including 10 this past season. 
not a whole lot in terms of the productivity dropping into coverage, and that's really where things get him. Is you know, is he you know how stiff is he going to be? Can he cover running backs and uh, tight ends out of the backfield, or is this guy really you know uh, you know mostly a guy that's going to come downhill, fill gaps, um, and get after the quarterback? You know, what's that versatility going to look like? I think for me, you know, can he showcase a little bit more athleticism? That that's something that I think will definitely improve his draft stock if he can showcase that. Um, and then Edifon Olafosho, I know he's a little bit undersized. He's 6'1", 235, but uh, watch the fluidity in his game when he drops into coverage. You, know, you, you saw it there against uh, against Michigan in the in the title game, a fourth and two play where Roman Wilson runs that out from the slot, and he's actually rushing the passer, reads the play, changes the direction, gets outside, gets his hand in, to affect that pass right at the catch point, right? Ends up breaking it up. That athleticism, teams are going to be looking for that at the linebacker position. So he's a guy to definitely be on the lookout for, for sure, as well. Uh, linebackers, when we talk about the snubs, I've already mentioned Grayson Murphy. Uh, you know, Jackson Sermon uh, has has had some potential, could drop into coverage a little bit, has that bloodlines. Uh, Omar Spates out of LSU. Um, look, I thought he disappeared at LSU. You know, I, you know, I, I wish he would have stayed at Oregon State. I thought, you know, six one two thirty seven doesn't have ideal length, and uh, just wasn't making a lot of plays. Luke Reimer of of Nebraska is the guy that I think you know people aren't talking about, but uh, when he was healthy there at uh, at Nebraska at six one two twenty, this guy was a gamer. This guy uh, flew around, made a lot of plays, and uh, you know could drop, make plays in coverage. Um, could get after the quarterback a little bit. You know, look, he played in 10 games this year, five sacks. The biggest thing is is the injuries. That's going to be you know the biggest knock on him. Same goes with Jalen Green out of James Madison. If you just want to look at the numbers, this was a dude that led the league in sacks. Or, I'm sorry, led the FBS in sacks, right? Um, dude was always in opposing backfields. Um, didn't start until his, his final year because he was behind you know Isaac Ukwu who transferred to Mississippi and uh, Green ends up with 18 sacks uh, 20% win rate with that as well uh, but he's 6'1", 245 lacks ideal length um, and then he, he blows his knee out so I think the length already was hurting him and then he tears his ACL and so you know that's why he wasn't invited. Would have liked to have seen him potentially get to, to talk to the coaches and such, but I think you know at uh, JMU's pro day, when people are out to see Chroma work out, uh, they'll they'll have their opportunity to, to have those conversations. Um, I, I think he's he's going to be a, a an undrafted free agent, but you know I hope for him with those injuries that he's able to to make it out there on the field. Then we look at the at the defensive backs. Defensive backs on. March 1st, on Arnold is the number one corner. I think there's no doubt about it. You know, this is a guy that's just continued to get better and better. Redshirt sophomore. It was really Kool-Aid McKinstry that everyone was talking about. But when you watch on Arnold, watch the hips, watch the feet. The feet are phenomenal. The change of direction is ridiculous with this guy. Um, he's so smooth and so fluid of an athlete that, you know, I think he can hang with, with some of the shiftier receivers, but then he also, you know, will bring some of that feistiness and some of that strength to his game as well. Um, so he, he's 
CB1, I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, but CB2 for me is going to be Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. If this guy could run a 4-3-40 after what he did at the Senior Bowl, just dominating guys, then I think Quinion Mitchell is a shoe-in to be... Uh, I've got him coming off the board number 19 overall to the Rams. You know, six foot 197. Um, I was talking about him in 2021 when he had those eight pass breakups for the Rockets. Um, all he did after that, you know, another you know six interceptions, including five in 2022, and uh, another 37 pass breakups, 45 total in his career. Um, but he played mostly in zone and off off coverage. Right? Shows up at the Senior Bowl, press man, no issues whatsoever. He could be a lockdown corner play in, in virtually any style of defense and, uh, and and get the job done. Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry, I think, look, this is a guy that's going to be on a mission. He's no longer talked about as the number one corner. Right now, he can fall all the way to, to number four behind Nate Wiggins even. But this is a guy who has, has the ball skills. Uh, I think it's just a matter of going out there and showcasing. Look, he also returned punts. For Bama, he has that, that that suddenness to his game, that change of direction, the ability to drive on the football. So I think McKinstry is one of those guys. Look, you know he's going to be in that competition there. And then Nate Wiggins, 6'2", 175. I know you know the, the slight build, um, but look, you know nobody shied away from Emmanuel Forbes. He was a playmaker. Six pick sixes, obviously, you know, that's something that uh, the teams were obviously looking at. But with Nate Wiggins, I think, you know, you want to see the fluidity there for a guy as tall as he is and uh, that, that athleticism on display. I mean, you see that on the game film, but that's something that, again, you want to make sure that it translates. Uh, Ennis Rakestraw out of Missouri is another guy. This guy is, a, you know, look, he's game, he's physical. Um, He's going to get up in in your shorts, six foot one seventy. Um, he had that that, that uh, core injury uh, that kept him out of the Senior Bowl. I don't know if he's going to work out at the Combine or not, but I really hope that he does because then he has a chance to end up being a first rounder. I've got him coming off the board early round two. Um, as of right now, going actually to I want to say it was Arizona. If I look at my mock draft, yeah, Arizona number thirty five overall. But he has a chance to end up coming off the board in round one. Um, other corners, uh, you know, DJ James. You know, he's one of the the, the skinnier, uh, slighter, slender build, uh, however you want to call it. You know, those corners there coming out of Auburn. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm curious to see just how quick he is. Six foot one eighty five. Started his career there at, at Oregon, and uh, look, you know, five interceptions, twenty four pass breakups in his career. Um, He's one to watch out for. Another guy that I would be curious about is going to be Cam Hart. I actually thought Cam Hart was going to be a, a safety, and I thought that was where they were going to play him at the Senior Bowl. But you know, we saw some really nice change of direction. We saw his ability to stay with a lot of receivers. 6'2", 207, um, you know, a veteran player there at Notre Dame. He's a guy that I continue to watch. Um, he'll be a guy to keep on, an eye out for. Uh, how about Jarvis Brownlee out of Louisville? Jarvis Brandley is definitely an interesting one. Uh, he's 5'11", 179, but, man, you wouldn't know it by the way he plays. He plays so much bigger than his size. You know, six interceptions, 22 pass breakups in his career, but he's put on the game film. Watch how physical he is. Uh, you know, This guy's feisty, and I think teams love that feistiness. He's a guy that I think will end up coming off the board in round number two. 
Um, I think people weren't really talking about him there at Louisville. I think a lot of people were thinking about Quincy Riley, but uh, Jarvis Brownlee, man, he's, he's a guy that uh, is going to be turning some heads. You look at TJ Tampa out of Iowa. Now, TJ Tampa is a bigger corner. TJ Tampa is a physical corner. Just how fluid of an athlete is TJ Tampa? You know, the, the long speed. Is he going to be able to handle, you know, getting vertical with these guys? We know that he can be physical around the line of scrimmage. We know that he can, you know, he's a willing uh, tackler there and run support. He'll come up and he'll wrap you up. He'll hit you. Um, but just how fluid of an athlete is he? I think he can end up coming off the board um, in round number two and, and a guy that can end up making an impact early on at the next level. Now, I think teams will probably also be looking for the next Juju Brents. Julius Juju Brents um, came out of Kansas State, second round pick, number 44 overall a season ago. And when you look at him, you, know, you look at his stats, and the stats aren't going to blow you away. You know, I think that's one of the things that um, you know people may get caught up in when they look at you know at, at the stats. You know, they had him measured in at 6'4 and, and 204. Um, you know, six and a half tackles for loss, six interceptions, including four in, in 2022, and then 10 pass breakups, right? So that's in his career. But the thing with it was, was you watched a lot of his matchups. He was a, a gamer. He was a guy that was, you know, that never shied away from uh, from that competition, shied away from, from a top-level wide receiver. And, uh, you know, he, he stuck, to, stuck like glue. I mean, there were times where he did get beat. But he, he really worked hard and uh, did a really good job um, down the stretch there for the Wildcats, um, showcasing the ball skills, showing his ability to, to go up and get the football. And at 6'2", uh, and three quarters, 198 pounds at the combine, ran a 4'5", 340 with a 157 split, 41 and a half inch vertical leap. Yeah, that got him drafted in round number two. Uh, ended up with eight pass breakups in eight starts for the Colts this past season. Um, Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon is a guy that reminds me of him. 6'3", 197. You look at his stats, you know, not mind-blowing at Alabama. Shows up at Oregon, three interceptions, seven pass breakups. Um, similar size, but I, I think you watch the feistiness. There were some reps at the Senior Bowl where he was beaten. But man, this guy has that competitive nature. Uh, you watch, you know, really the biggest question is going to be that athleticism for a guy his size. If he can showcase some of that same talent, some, some of that same agility there um, that Juju Brents was able to showcase, then I think he's a guy that could end up surprising and get himself drafted a lot sooner than a lot of people are realizing. A short shuttle, ran, uh, Juju Brents ran a 4.05. So you think about that. Where's Kyrie Jackson going to do, um, you know, coming off the board there? Um, so he's he's one of those guys that I think is going to be uh, a fun watch for sure. Mikey Sane was still of, of Michigan. Uh, Chris Abrams Drain of, of Missouri. Uh, Kalen King out of Penn State. These are all undersized corners. Uh, I think teams are going to be looking for um, that nickel. So these guys are going to be in that competition. Who's going to break away and be that that, that alpha in that group? Um Elijah Jones out of Boston College is a guy that people aren't really talking about. Uh, put on that Florida State tape, and you're going to see a guy that shut down uh, Keon Coleman. 
176, five interceptions this past season, 36 pass breakups in his career. Um, you know, another guy who spent you know six years there at Boston College, um, but a guy that is one of those day three sleepers that's kind of flying under the radar. And then one last guy uh, to mention is going to be Kamari uh, Lasseter. Uh, I, I think this was a guy that I think for all the focus that had been on uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Ringo. In 2022, it was Kamari Lasseter that was holding things down. And uh, I thought he had another exceptional 2023 season. So he's a guy, I think, just checking the box off there to be a, be a day two pick. And then when you're talking about the safeties, uh, you know, Cooper DeGene still battling the injury, obviously. So we won't see him work out. Um, is he a safety? Is he a corner? Would have loved to have seen him work out to release prove to everyone, you know, what position he's going to be playing. Um, you know, uh, He's a guy for me that um, is going to come off the board in round one. The question is going to be exactly where he can come off the board to Jacksonville. I ultimately have him penciled in right now. Um, bear with me one sec. I need to get back to my mock draft and see exactly where I have Cooper to Gene. Uh, Cooper is – I have him number 20 to Pittsburgh. I think now with Pittsburgh – doing what they're doing, uh, releasing Mason Cole. I think that's shaping up to be Jackson Powers Johnson. Um, but Cooper DeGene, if he's on board, on the board when Philly's drafting a 22, Green Bay's drafting a 25, Tampa Bay at 26. Those are three teams that I think could definitely be on the market for uh, a defensive back like Cooper DeGene. Um, he's not getting out of round one. There's no, no doubt about it. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he, he's a stud. He's a playmaker. Uh, but the other safeties, I think really what you're going to be looking at is Cam Kitchens and Tyler Newbin. So Cam Kitchens, Tyler Newbin, I think this is going to be a fun race, and you're going to get to see the two of them. They're not too far off from the two of them, um, from from each other, I should say. So when you look at Cam Kitchens, he's going to be DB32. Tyler Newman's going to be DB42. So not too far off. And these are two guys that both – have that range over the top, right? Uh, Kinchin's a little bit smaller, 5'11", 202, but packs a punch coming downhill. Uh, again, like I said, has that sideline-to-sideline -side ability, um, has that range over the top, uh, 11 interceptions, 15 pass breakups. Um, just, you know, he was a leader out there on the team, unquestioned leader of that secondary there for the, uh, the Miami Hurricanes. And then when you talk about Tyler Newman, um, Look, he's big, he's physical, he's 6'2", 205, uh, 13 interceptions, 11 pass breakups in his career. Um, so he's just, you know, he's, he's a bigger version of, of, of Cam Kitchens, I think. Um, I, I think Newbin is of the two. It, well, really, both of these guys can end up coming off the board in round one. Uh, you know, Green Bay, again, if they don't go Cooper to Gene, um, I think they could go with either one of these guys and be okay with it. I think ultimately, you know, it... it I think they fall to round two, but I think you're going to see, uh, you know, teams, the teams that I mentioned that could be on the market for Cooper to Gene. I could see them trading up to get their hands on one of these guys because they're day one starters, plug and play. Uh, you know, you just want to see how fluid they are. And when you watch the safeties, you just want to see how fluid, the fluidity, how stiff are in the hips are they. When you watch, uh, you know, I think the best example was Taylor Mays. Taylor Mays. Um, coming out of USC was just this freakish hulking safety slash linebacker, just a giant dude, right? 
235 pounds. I mean, it was just insane how big this guy was. And when, you know, when number two for the Trojans was coming after you, you know, you, you took notice. Um, at 230 pounds, runs a 4-4-3-40, 1-5-6-10-yard split, 41-inch vertical leap, um, straight line speed like a mofo. I mean, that was one of the things that you definitely saw with him. Um, ended up being the second round, uh, 49th pick overall. Um, and... 49ers ended up dealing him to, to the Bengals after the first year. He was there for a few years, you know, saw some special teams play, and uh, it was just the stiffness. He couldn't really drop into coverage, uh, you know, couldn't cover uh, the, the the running backs, tight ends. It definitely couldn't line up over over receivers. He was just, he would get torched, and so you got to watch the hip, you know, the hip stiffness. That's really the big thing with a lot of these safeties. You know, are they going to be able to cover just because they have that straight line speed? Just how agile are they? What can they do, um, you know, with some of these drills, especially with that change of direction? That's going to be huge. Um, I think you know, with with Taylor Mays, you, know, you, you saw a four-two-four short, short shuttle. Six nine eight three cone drill. Um, so when you're talking about some of these DBs, that was on the lower end. So um, just something to, to be mindful of as you're watching these guys. I think after that, you look at a guy like Javon Bullard, Kalen Bullock. They're going to be the next two guys likely to come off the board. Uh, J- Javon Bullard. Um, you know we know that this guy can cover uh, coming out of the you know uh, coming out of Georgia. He's a guy that can line up in the slot. He can play. Deep safety, you know, if you wanted to play a little strong safety, he can do that as well. Um, I, I think he has all those tools in his tool belt. Um, so I think he's a, a second rounder. I'm looking at the Ravens potentially. That would be a nice fit. And then Kalen Bullock, you know, he's 6'3, 180. Um, not very physical. Um, but man, like I, I watched that Cal game and the range. I think he was at the opposite opposite hash. He was able to, you know, there was a deep ball, it was a go route uh, to the opposite sideline, and he was able to get over the top of that route and pick off the pass. Um, you know, nine interceptions, 15 pass breakups. This past season, um, you know, he, he, I don't know how much of it was him and how much of it was just the, the defense was so poor and uh, the linebackers that were giving up a lot. Um, you know, the, the DBs struggled uh, for the Trojans as well. Um, he just seemed to be out of position, seemed to be lost at times. But again, I don't know if it was so much it was him, you know, that it was you know, really that, that defense and he was having to cover for a lot of those guys on the back end. Um, I think, you know, the, the interviews, I think, will go a long way for, for Kalen Bullock for sure. Uh, Jaden Hicks, Washington State. A lot of length to this guy. You know, he's, he's 6'3", 6'4". Um, again, fluidity. You know, we know that this guy can can move sideline to sideline. Um, just want to be able to see him showcase that here at the Combine for sure. Um, to, to really, you know, take notice there. Malik Mustafa out of Wake Forest isn't the biggest guy by any means. But he's a guy that's going to stick his nose in... in, in uh, in it right there in the middle of the defense. You know, I love his physicality. I think you know showing off some of that athleticism to complement that will be something to watch out for. Uh, Keaton Oladapo out of Oregon State. I think he's really a solid player. I thought he played very well for uh, the Beavers. A guy that you know, look, six one, two oh nine. Um, 
you know, really made his presence felt starting in 2021. Three straight years there at OSU. 23 pass breakups, three interceptions. A guy that you know was right around 70, uh, 70 tackles a year, uh, 15 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Did a little bit of everything uh, for OSU. Uh, I think there's a lot of talk about you know the corners, uh, the nickel. Uh, a lot of different players on the defensive side of the football, but really that a constant on the back end of the defense was Kitano Ladapo. 28, I thought, was really the guy that stirred the, the, the drink there on the back end of that defense for the Beavers. So, you know, I'm looking to hopefully see a big day out of him. Uh, Dadrian Taylor, Taylor Demerson, you know, I think he's really introduced himself to the world. Uh, with his performance there at the East-West Shrine game. He just seemed to always be around the football, always seemed to be making plays on the ball, and uh, it finally got people to recognize what a good freaking player this guy was at Texas Tech. Um, Seven interceptions, 13 pass breakups, seven tackles for loss, two sacks, uh, 147 total tackles, but it's his ability to line up in a lot of different positions. You You know, he could line up in the slot, cover guys. I think he could probably line up on the outside a little bit, uh, play over the top, you know, play him in the box if you need him to as well. Uh, very versatile and uh, a guy that I think, you know, I think round four is probably about as, as far as he gets in this year's draft. Uh, James Williams out of Miami. Another guy that's definitely interesting. Uh, he, he's, he's big. You know, he actually lined up, um, I think he was, what, listed as a linebacker at the Senior Bowl. 6'5", 224 pounds, um, and a guy that's going to come with, with bad intentions. Again, you're going to have to watch that stiffness, you know, because, look, he's a big dude. I understand him coming downhill, uh, makes a lot of plays that way, but, man, if he's too stiff in the hips, if you're going to keep him at safety, it just, you know, I have flashbacks of, of Taylor Mays. Um he was one of my, and, and I'm bummed about it because Taylor Mays was one of my favorite players in college to watch because he was just a heat-seeking missile, was flying around and do that big, should not move that fast. Um, but, uh, you know, that stiffness really caught up to him. Uh, Jalen Simpson out of Auburn, I think you're going to see a fluid athlete there, a guy that can can cover. Um, you know, he, he played a little bit there at corner, I want to say. Uh, Tyke Smith out of Georgia, started his career at West Virginia, moved to Georgia. Um you know, transferred there, and uh, he's another guy that I think can play a lot of a lot of different positions on the back end of the defense. So he'll be another safety to to keep an eye on uh, in the middle rounds of the draft. Um, and so he'll be a guy that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing work out. And then Bo Braid, I watched him at the combine get absolutely torched on, on an out route. So I think that fluidity for him is another guy that that really want to see what that looks like. And then the Utah guys. Cole Bishop, I actually thought he looked pretty good at the Senior Bowl covering tight ends. He's one of those guys that I think you know he can play around the box a little bit if you want him to. Excellent in coverage. Um, he's a guy that I think could come off the board a, a lot higher than people uh, are, are going to expect. And then Sione Vaki out of Utah. Uh, still learning the safety position. I think he's a guy that's going to come off the board day three as a developmental prospect. Um, look, he, he had over 300 yards as a running back as well. Um, but a, a guy that, that is a thumper, 
Um, you know that you know, he's going to be physical, he's going to be tough, and you want to have those guys on your roster. I think he'll be a, a special teams ace as well. Um, just a guy that's going to keep the, a feather in his cap, do a little bit of everything. So uh, he'll be another guy that uh, I, I think you know, you'll be excited to watch work out. Guys that weren't invited, there were quite a few on this list. Um, you know, Mark Perry at a TCU, uh, former I want to say 100 meter champ. Uh, you know, he's a bigger safety than than uh, Nook Bradford, who did get the invite. Uh, Bradford, a little bit better athlete, maybe. Um, you know, Mark Perry has more of that straight line speed. Um, so I, I would have wanted to verify, you know, really verify some of that stiffness there with Perry. But look, I've seen him on go routes, run right with the receiver and uh, make a play on the football, attacking the catch point. Uh, Jarius Monroe out of Marshall, corner, played really well the last two seasons there at Tulane. Uh, six interceptions, 18 pass breakups. You know, he, he's a, a taller corner as well. Um, really a surprise that he wasn't invited. Um, Kenny Logan Jr. out of Ka- uh, Kansas. This guy was the leader of the back end of that defense. You know, This was a defense that continued to... Uh, to get better under Lance Leipold, and Kenny Logan was the guy that really, you know, held everything together. Six foot, one ninety-five, versatile, played both corner and safety for the Jayhawks. Uh, a guy that can play in the box for you. Had seven tackles for loss this past season. Twenty pass breakups, six interceptions, nearly four hundred tackles in his five years, uh, you know, playing there in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, you know, just one of those guys that I think could find himself drafted late on day three and a guy that could stick at the next level. Uh, Beanie Bishop out of West Virginia. Man, this guy had, I think, 20 pass breakups, four interceptions, um, but he dropped a lot of interceptions and, and should have had many more to his name. But uh, again, Beanie Bishop's the guy that I think teams are going to be interested in because of the ball skills. Even if he doesn't haul those those passes in, he's around the football where he needs to be. So I was kind of surprised that that he wasn't invited. Um, so those were probably the biggest names. You know, there's Quantez Stiggers out of uh, Toronto, uh, Argonauts, the CFL, seven on seven guy there in Canada, and uh, ended up playing in the CFL. Looked pretty good there at the East West Shrine game. Um, I think he's going to be a developmental guy. Um, Trey Taylor out of Air Force, Jim Thorpe Award winner, wasn't even invited to the combine. I think you know, isn't that something that just should happen anyway. If you win an award, you get invited to the combine by default, just to showcase what you got. Um, so a little bit of a surprise, minor surprise there that, that he wasn't invited. But I think at the end of the day, there are 66 DBs in this group, and I think there are a lot of guys to get excited about uh, for the combine. Now I, I did say that the tight ends were also going to be there on on Friday, but um, for one, we're out of time, but uh, secondly, we'll cover them with the offense um, in the next podcast. I'll put another one together here in the next day or two in advance of the weekend so that we can go ahead and get into all the offensive players. And look, we've got more offensive players to talk about. There's 168 in the uh, in the combine over those last two days. Six uh, on, on special teams as well. We'll make sure to, to give them love as you know as well. I think you know Tory Taylor is worth the price of admission in and of itself. Um, so we'll we'll attack that, get back at it, and uh, just make sure that you do tune in NFL Network Thursday, February 29th through 
Sunday, March the 3rd. I think it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch all these guys work out. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for now. So until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, I am out of here.